0: Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. What's up? It's football time in Tennessee, right? Yes, 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 yes. So. Today, we know that football's in the air. Now, some of you here love football. If you love football, yell out. Yeah. How many of you really don't care? Yell out. Yeah. <laughs> love it. So, my question is, how many Kentucky fans are in the house? Yeah. few of you, a few of you. How many Vanderbilt fans? They're too smart to play ball. Uh, <laughs> how many Bama fans is in the house? It's easy to pull over the team that wins every year. Yes. How many diehard Orange fans we have in the house? There we go. There we go. So today, as we continue our Don't Blink series, we're going to talk about it from the perspective of football. And it's amazing to me how many catches that you get to see. Those one arm catches in the air, and how you see the TDs and all the great things that brings the crowd to their feet. And then we see some good calls and some bad calls. We see some things played right, and then we see some awful things when it's not right. Kind of wants to turn your stomach. Well, that's the same thing that happens in families. You say, What do you mean? Well, In a family it's really good when things are going right in the family right whenever things are going good to where there's grace and there's love and there's unity and but when it's not running right we know that it's marred by fights or when we have the turnovers we have the fumbles and it gets ugly we just don't like it very well well today when we talk about discipline and so many times the parents here said don't make me We know Disman going along with that is a controversial subject in this day's time. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I will tell you that today, Disman has a different perspective, and the shelves down at Barnes & Noble are loaded down and sagging with all kinds of books about parenting. Now, I'm going to tell you today, I'm not coming to you as a perfect parent. I'm coming to you as a parent that raised three girls. And so, most of all, what I'm going to look at today is the official playbook here. This is God's guide right here, what we're going to look at and what God says about discipline. That's what we have to go by because God's guide is for godly success in our lives. And it's not what I'm going to say today. It's what God says through me to be able to help us with godly success, to be able to help us to understand that if you want a great season, and it is a season when it comes to parenting, when it comes to discipline, if you want to have success, I'm challenging you today to be able to listen. Now, some of you here, you you may have already raised your kids. Some of you may not have kids. Some of you may not have kids yet. We all have influence. And today, I hope and pray that this will help you to understand and being a disciplined person yourself. But here's something you've got to get if you don't get nothing else today. Discipline isn't something that we do to our kids. We do it for our kids. Did you get that? It's not something we do to them. It's something we do for them. And how important is proper discipline? How important is the better way of God's discipline to be able to do that? Well, it says, and it's spelled out very clear, in this one verse here. Proverbs 19 and verse 18. Now, if you have a Bible, you can turn and watch the different scriptures I'm going to do. You can turn on your Bible. You can turn in your Bible. Uh, If you download our app, you can follow along with the outline and have the scriptures there on the app. But I want to encourage you to mark these in your Bible. It says in verse 18 in, in chapter 19 of Proverbs, it says, Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Wow. <laughs> Listen to the depths of this scripture here. How is it that we would ruin their lives when it comes to not discipline? Because we're undisciplined parents. you got to be a disciplined parent. See, the discipline is not just correcting the course for them. It's helping them to be disciplined people in life when they grow up. And that's what God wants to use it for that. So, When we think about this from the perspective of football, today, how many of you here have ever been to a college game or you've been to a pro game? Yes. Yes, a lot of you have. So, whether you've been to it in person or you've been to it, uh, you've watched it on TV, something that we don't really think a lot about is when it comes to looking at the how huge the stadium is, you might see that. You might see the beauty of the field. You might even see how the hash marks is and the boundaries, even the logo in the end zone. But how many of you here ever really think about the grounds crew that did that? Very few people do. And so when you think about the grounds crew, the grounds crew as a parent, that would be my responsibility as a parent to be part of the grounds crew. I've got to be able to explain to my kids the out of bounds. I've got to explain to my kids about the lines. I got to explain to my kids that this is a TD and this is a penalty marker here. This is this is a, this line right here, you're out of bounds. We got to be able to explain that to them. What it means to be a penalty. What it means. So what I got to do, I got to explain the rules to them in my home. And you see kids that don't know where the lines are will end up living messed up lives so what do you mean pastor well you got to take the time as a parents to be able to explain to them you're the leader in your home you got to explain to them what it is and so how you say well how do i do that you got to line off the playing field just like in football it's lined off a playing field you got to line off the playing field there in your home well i remember very distinctively when i was a kid We played backyard football. How many of you guys played backyard football? Raise your hand. Yes, a whole lot of us did. How many of you were like me? You wanted it to look really good. And you went in the house and you got your mama's bag of flour. Anybody do that? Please tell me there's somebody. There was a few in the last time. Oh my goodness, you guys weren't very creative. I would go in and get mama's bag of flour and man, I would take that stuff and we would take it, we would mark the hash lines and the boundary lines and we would make it really cool and we'd get it really good and then we'd start playing some ball and we got rough and there was cuts and bruises and bloodied noses and all those kind of things and crying and spitting, but then it would rain and the next time we come back out there, <laughs> the flower's gone, there wasn't any lines, we didn't see what to be able to do with and here's where parents, when it comes to parents, this is where parents make a mistake. You may have once drawn the lines, but when the rains of fear come in, it messes things up. Whenever the rains of exhaustion, you don't feel like getting up and holding the boundary lines. Whenever it comes to your kids, they come, and when that happens, they become ill-informed and ill-equipped because things are washed away and there's no longer a boundary that you once said was there. It's no longer there. Are you with me? Say yes. So you got to line it off. So what was the TD yesterday might be a penalty today. See? Kids love lines, whether you believe it or not, and they are going to test the waters, but you've got to be the one to put the lines in there, because when you look at the Scriptures, it is all about boundaries. Parents, you've got to draw the lines. You've got to explain the lines. You've got to understand that God in the Bible has lines. Do you realize when you think about laying out the lines for what God's Word says, that kids really get their concept of God from us? really? I never thought about that. Yeah, they do. The way you treat them and the way you draw the lines for their boundaries in life, that's how they get their concept of God. Yes, you do it lovingly, but you do it strategically with discipline. Look what it says in Proverbs 29 and verse 15. To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. How many of you have ever had your child throw a fit, moms and dads, in front of somebody and embarrass you? You just want to run and just crawl on the table or from somewhere out in the public. You know what I'm talking about. That happens. It happens a lot to some parents because it can happen because they're undisciplined. You have to discipline the child so the child has wisdom. Problem is we let the kids a lot of times draw the lines. You say, what do you mean? Well, the problem is, we ask our kids way too many questions. What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What time do you want to go to bed? You know, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, you're the parent. You're the leader. You're the one has got to do that. Because when you think about kids, are kids basically good? No. Are kids, when you think, are they bent toward badness? yes they are do they have a sin nature absolutely they do and you got to think of think about a little kid a little kid let me tell you what to do they'll take your team over if you let them in a new york second they'll do it and kids they love boundaries kids they really love lines and understand they are actually you don't even realize it but they're begging for that they're searching for those boundaries They're searching for the hash bar. they're searching to understand that when i score td yes when i'm out of bounds yes i'm gonna know that Hebrews chapter 12, look at verses 5 and 6. It says, and you have forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children. He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. It's correcting our kids motivated by love for them. That's what we do. It's like the Lord does for us. That's what we do with our kids. Love and discipline are inseparable. It's not a positive or a negative. If you find yourself in a losing battle of being in charge of your household, all you hear is nagging and yelling you're doing that or bribing and threatening and all those kind of things. Some of you are thinking, but I don't want to really discipline my kids. You know, listen. This one isn't something that you do to your kids it's something we do for our kids you've got to get that if you get nothing else today now why do people boo at football games you ever see that how many of you've ever been to a football game and i don't know about you especially in pro games or college games there's always that one obnoxious drunk you have no control over that's sitting right next to you right can i get a witness and then next thing you know a call's been played and i was like, Ooh! you want to reach back there and punch them in the name of jesus christ right because they're acting obnoxious like they're booze. oh oh hey the head coach runs over to the head rep and says hey he booed that call i just need you to change it not gonna happen so they're up there booing like crazy well that's what happens in households the kids boo the calls that you make they don't like the calls that you make and the thing about it is you cannot cave in you cannot change a call you cannot say i'm sorry because listen to me the ultimate goal of discipline is to mold and shape our children according to their unique talents and abilities in order to be able to maximize the nature of character and character of god in their life that's what you're trying to do for them but not only are you to be a part of the grounds crew, there's something else that you've also got to be a part of, okay? You gotta be the ref, too, right? You say, "What do you mean? Parenting is refereeing." See, Shannon and I spent a lot of time refereeing when it come to three girls raising them in our home. And man, when the time come, man, I tell you what I do: I throw that flag down. Whoa, pulling on the hair, ten yard penalty. Go to your room. That's what it did. Had to enforce it man you had to do it whether it's something to do with the toys or whether it was sister's bats or whether it's my turn dad to ride in the front seat whatever it was <laughs> imagine you're watching a ball game and there was a blatant face mask i mean it was so bad that the defender was trying to be, how, bring chiropractic services pulling its face trying to crack his neck and then there wasn't no flag on the play whatsoever <laughs> And next thing you know, the referee goes over here and looks at this defensive line, and he looks straight up at him and says, now listen, I know you're not supposed to throw face masks. You're not supposed to do that. So next time, I'm going to pull yards away, and I'm going to throw the flag. Do you understand? We would be so upset because we'd see the replay that they got. That we'd see the replay that we knew that they got a face mask, but yet they didn't do anything about it. And that's kind of the way we are as parents. You know, you know, I'm going to throw a flag, and I almost took downs away, but I'm not going to do it this time. One, two, two and a half. I mean, that's just, parents, our kids are going to misbehave. They're going to step out of the boundary. They're going to commit penalties. But sometimes we cave in and just say, don't do it again. See, the penalty is so important that you enforce it different penalties for different things we know that sometimes with our kids depending on the penalty my wife she was really good at this she would make them stand and face each other and say now say three things really good about your sister okay or she would make them stand and say now go stand and hug your hug your sister y'all gonna stand in a hug position for five minutes but they would end up seeing the error of their ways Because it was corrective measure. It wasn't something we were trying to do to them. It was something we were doing for them so they would understand what was taking place. So how do you do this when you're refereeing as a parent? You've got to call a consistent game. You say, why is that? Because God is consistent. God is consistent. Sin is a penalty. That's why the, Jesus Christ had to come down the stairway of heaven, and he went to a cross, a tree that his heavenly father grew out of the ground, and he died on that cross for my sins and for yours, and that was a consistent call. That's what God did through that. I hope you understand what I'm talking to you about. Sin has a penalty. The mistakes that our kids make, and sometimes the sins they make, it has a penalty. Reminds me of little eight-year-old Ted. <laughs> he went to a family reunion with his family. And he got there and he's sitting down beside his great Aunt Edna. And he looks over to Aunt Edna and says, My Aunt Edna, you sure are ugly. Well, all of a sudden his mama hears him and grabs him up with the arm and took him over and said, Now, Teddy, you shouldn't have done that. You're gonna go back over there and you're gonna apologize to Aunt Edna for what you said to her calling her ugly. So he marches right back over and he quietly said, Aunt Edna, I'm sorry you're ugly. I don't know about you but how many times have you been in a situation to where your kids really embarrassed you raise your hand yes how many times has it been to where that we've been guilty as a parent though avoiding doing something we're procrastinating of disciplining our kids i'll be the first to raise my hand i've done it and just try to procrastinate and do anything about it here's the truth listen to me consistency leads to reliability which ends up giving security to the kids. In other words, this consistency plus reliability gives security to the kids. It gives them a positive mindset. It gives them confidence. It gives them self-esteem. However, if you look at the flip side of that, inconsistency leads to unreliability, which leads to insecurity. If you want an insecure kid, blur the lines. You want an insecure kid, don't call consecutively. Your kid won't know what to do and how to do it. It's so important that you understand it. You say, well, what do we do? you got to start early. From the time that they take their first step, you've got to be that person that's going to line it off the field. you got to blow the, piss, the, 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 the whistle. you got to be able to take and you've got to throw the flag when the flag needs to be thrown. It's that important. You assess the penalties, and when you do that consistently, God will bless your efforts. God will bless your household. God will bless your family now listen this is really important you discipline more for attitude than you do actions you say what do you mean by that well it's real simple it's like the dad that took his boy out on the farm and he was on the wagon he told his boy he says sit down on the wagon well little boy said daddy i'm a sitting down on the wagon but i'm a standing up on the inside that's a bad attitude okay Whenever our girls and we had to throw the flag and something that they done, and we seen them walking toward us after they know they had done wrong, I could see it in their eyes. I could see it on their face. Shanda or myself, we said, okay, now tell you what you're going to do. You're going to walk right back to where you come from, and you're going to change that attitude, and you're going to walk back like a happy camper. And you say, well, really? Did y'all do Yes, we did that because, listen to me, it's important. You say, why is it that important? Because when it comes to disciplining your kids for attitude more than action, when you can get their attitude right, most of the time, the right actions will follow them. Does that make sense? Say so yes. You know, if you don't do that, you might get outward obedience, but they have, still have that inward rebellion. So you got to start early. Something else is important. You've got to assess the penalties in private. Now, how many times have you guys seen that they throw down the flag on a, on a game, and next thing you know, you've got, you've got the camera up on the defender or the offense and the one that threw it, and next thing you know, they zoom in on them, and you can see their lips moving. If you could hear it, it would probably be something you wouldn't want to hear. If they're mad and their temper's flaring. Well, that's not how you do Kids. You don't do kids that way. You assess those penalties in private. The worst thing I've ever seen, and I've seen it just a handful of times in my lifetime, is I've seen a parent actually smack a child in public. God forbid. God forbid. If you're sitting down in a restaurant and they're acting unruly, you get in their face and you say, stop it now or you know what's coming and if they don't then you take them to the bathroom and you just take and you you walk them like this but you're pulling that peach fuzz behind their hair the whole time you know like that and that way they know you mean business but yeah. <laughs> but think about it you know essentially children here's what i'll tell you children have hell in them okay How many of you think your kids are angels? Don't raise your hand because they're not. They essentially, they have hell in them. They have a sinful nature. And it's my job and your job as parents to correct them and train them so that the Holy Spirit of God has the dominant influence in their life over their flesh. If you can nail that down in their life that they follow the Holy Spirit of the Lord man you have done something for your children and once again discipline is not something you do to your kids it's something you do for your kids discipline comes in a variety of forms I know this depending on your kids personalities what works for one might not necessarily work for the other it may be removal of privileges Some kids, you can have a stern conversation, and they break down and cry, and they're just broken inside because you had to get on them. Some kids, you send them to the room, and it's a bad punishment. Other kids, it's a reward because they don't want to be around you. Some kids, it may be a timeout. However, look at the person next to you and say, however, modern society says that the choice of a spanking has been equated to child abuse. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? Are you with me? Or this form of punishment is done to children by the uneducated. That's what they say. Now, when it comes to discipline, we gave spankings in our home. Now, this might not be very politically correct stance, but here's something I want you to understand as your pastor. I'm going to stand by the fact of the biblically correct stance— and it is one of many effective ways in order to discipline your children. Something that we did not do. We did not, I did not use my hand because my hand is part of me. It was a third-party object. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? Whatever it was, whether it was something that we would do, when our girls would disobey, I would take them to their bedroom if we were at home. Or when we got home, and we would decide what the discipline was, whether it was a loss of privileges, whether it was added duties to something they had to do, or if it was a spanking. And I would get a little keen switch, and I would straighten them right up. It was very, it was very much something that was effective. Now, it's not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. Now, some people ask me the question and say, Pastor, does the Bible really advocate or sanction spanking to children? Well, since you've asked that question in your mind, we're going to stay here all day because I can give you scriptures all day and you can fast through lunch. Just kidding. We won't do that to you. But here's, here's a few scriptures. Check this out. Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen: 15. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline will drive it far away. How many of you here, let me ask this question, you had when you grew up physical discipline or however it was, how many of you will say it helped drive it away from you what you were doing wrong? My dad didn't whip me but about every six months, but it would last six months. Because I didn't want it to—he was driving it really far away from me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, people would call it abuse. He didn't do it enough, is what I would say. Okay? Look at Proverbs 23, verse 13 and 14. Don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment won't kill them. Did you hear that? The rod of punishment won't kill them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. I'm here to tell you my dad never killed me. I'm still living and breathing. And when you look at what the rod represents from the original Hebrew translation of that word, it basically means a switch or tree branches is what it means. Okay? So you understand. Well, some of you may be here. You're watching online. Well, either way, pastor, I just don't believe in spanking my kids. That's your choice. Whatever type of discipline that you're going to do, but do not judge anyone who chooses proper spanking as a form of discipline as being wrong it's not wrong however listen to me closely if you choose to spank your children as a form of discipline and it leads you to do so and you spank that child in anger god forbid If your anger ever takes over, takes over in your life, and you hit your child wrongly, you repent to God Almighty, and you ask your child to forgive you, and you get help if you need to. And if you ever do that again, I'm telling you right now, you will answer to God, and you'll wish you never harmed one of those little ones. Never, ever discipline in anger. So not only do you start early and, and you're able to be able to person that's going to assess that penalty in private, you tilt toward a tight game. You don't wait till the fourth quarter to throw the flag. You don't do that. You don't sit there and count and count. Counting is what gives them the procrastination mindset that I can get away with it till you decide to do something about it. It's a, it's a sad thing to do. And, it, and a lot of times, you know why we count? Because we two things. We either don't want to get up and do it because we're tired and exhausted from working, or we've dealt with another, some other situation. We're stressed from the week of work and all those things. Or the fact of it is you really don't want to do it to them, you're thinking. Once again, discipline is something we do for our kids. It's not something we're doing to our kids. I want you to get that. So you've got to tilt toward a, a tight game. You don't, you don't start loose and then tighten up. When you look at any football game, for it's bad calls gone through the referee of tea, they do makeup calls. No, we don't want to do makeup calls. And here's the sad thing about it. Whenever I started out with my daughter Lily, my oldest daughter, man, I was a tight ship trying to follow the scripture to do everything I needed to do and, and being a disciplinary father when time, when that time was called for. Then I got just a little bit looser when it come to India then when it got to Chloe I got a lot looser and Shanda threw the flag on me and called me out and says you're getting you getting a lot softer in your old age Terrell man you've got to be consistent you've got to start early you've got to assess the penalties in private you've got to call the tight game so when we look at this disciplinary action you got to be a grounds crew member they got to know where the boundaries are hash lines are they got to know when they're scoring a touchdown they got to know when there's a penalty you got to be that referee you got to be a referee that you have got to call that consistent game you've got to start early you got to do it in private you got to be a person that's going to call that tight game but there's one more thing as well that you've got to do got to be a coach right you say what do you mean coach pastor well when you're coaching any team it's not the bobby bowden mindset whether some of you don't know who i'm not bobby bowden but um, what's the what's the indiana coach bobby bobby knight it's not the bobby knight approach okay um he he was rough on his team but anyway when you're going to coach you need to encourage you need to instruct you need to give discipline in coaching. If you do not, then you're not going to be a successful coach, no matter whether it's football, baseball, no matter who it is. Same thing in parenting. You've got to encourage them. They're not going to get encouragement anywhere else most of the time if it's not from you. In, a, in, a, in a, Schools are not going to get it most of the time. Okay, you follow what I'm saying? Say yes. So when it comes to coaching, parents, you are the coaching staff. What is the big thing you got to do? You've got to maintain a unified coaching staff. You say, what do you mean by that? Unity and harmony is something that's important between a mom and a dad. You've got to present balance. And when you discipline, you've got to do it because kids are pros at dividing and conquering the household. You say, what do you mean? They'll try to do what they can do to divide mom and dad. They'll do what they can do to divide your marriage. They'll do what they can do to divide the family. What did dad say? No, what did mom say? I mean, it just comes in there. You got to get each other's back you got to be the same team. You've got to be balanced. If you don't, they will divide and conquer. And whenever it comes to something, and maybe one of you have thrown a flag, listen, do not disagree with what's going on in front of your kids. You say, What do you mean? Well, think about it. You don't have to give them an answer. Well, this is what I did. Well, I need to, I'm gonna to talk to mom. I'm to say, Well, wait a minute. Huh? I'll talk to mom. I'll talk to dad. And you let them sweat it out you say what do you mean well you notice when there's a call that's been thrown on the field in football they go over for about two minutes and you get all the commercials and they're watching on the screen to see what the call is and the what do they do they come together to make the call and they're unified in the call of what they do that's what you've got to do as parents you've got to buy something it's worth the work to do that okay they don't have to know in in that second what it is be unified mom be unified dad together Divorced parents, I want to talk to you just for a moment. I know it's a challenge, and you may not be able to really stand your ex. And what ends up happening, kids often will play one parent against the other parent. Mom said I could go here, and you won't let me. You're mean. Or dad would buy this for me, so what do kids do? Because in their unique situation of having two hands out and trying to figure out two worlds, They play mom and dad against each other. If your marriage didn't work to stay together and you don't like your ex, listen to me closely. Please, for the sake of the kids, do everything you can to keep a unified stance for your kids. Listen to me, blended families. Listen, it gets complicated when it comes to blended families. But don't never look at them and say, these are my kids. They're not your kids uh, I beg to differ, didn't you say I do and get married? They become our kids. They become our kids. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, and a verse that I've used before in this series. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with a discipline and instruction that comes from I want you to think for a moment these kids need our encouragement man when they when they score a touchdown and something they've done they've made the a honor roll or they've done something good they cleaned the room up or they've picked their clothes up whatever it is man when they're doing good just don't focus on the bad throwing flags all the time man when they're doing good you encourage them you encourage them you encourage them but you've got, to, you've got to discipline them. It's not something you're doing to them. It's something you're doing for them. You've got to give them those instructions so they know how to do it and how to do it better in their lives. But there's going to be those times that you're going to have to throw the flag. And you've got to be consistent at it. I remember, I don't like remembering. I remember when I would my girls I'd have to look at the form of discipline or whatever it was and I'd take them to the room and I would discipline them and then I would talk to them about what they did wrong and and I would give them instructions what not to do the next time and then we would pray and and Then we would reconcile with one another that I'm doing this for you. I'm not not against you. I'm your dad. I love you with all my heart. I'd give my life for you. And then I would pray, and then they would pray. And um, they would ask God to forgive them. Then when we got done praying, they would hug my neck and say, I love you, Dad. I love you too. My daddy used to tell me that when I was a little kid and I always thought my dad was lying to me but he wasn't. He'd say, boy, this hurts me more than it does you. The truth come full circle when I became a dad because it really does hurt. And I remember when I was, times if, if the, if the, Severity of the punishment, sometimes they would fall asleep on the way home, and you're sitting there tugging in your heart. Do I wake them up? Do I wake them up? And I had to wake them up. But some of you think, you mean you actually wake them up, woke them up to this one? Had to call a consistent game because most time he went to sleep on purpose. Okay? Smart kid. But you gotta be consistent. And when I look at the times and I remember those times that I would have to discipline, I didn't want to do it. But once again, I wasn't doing it to them, I was doing it for them. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12 and verse 11. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, it is painful. But afterward, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You know, when it comes to our country and the most part of people have a good life in the United States of America and we really do idolize comfort. And we're in danger though of thinking pain could be worse than sin. I think the pain goes both ways when we discipline our kids. I really do hurts me and it hurts them at the moment but it's for them not to them but the pain of having prodigal kids because we chose not to properly start early and discipline our kids could be much worse later now did you ever get it wrong or have you ever got it wrong as a parent had, had did I ever get it wrong as a parent when it come to discipline I'll be the first to raise my hand. For the most part, you got it right, but when I did, I would look my girls in the eye and tell them I was sorry. I was wrong. And you know what's so precious about a child? They forgive you so quick. It's okay, Daddy, I forgive you, and they hug your neck. That's the beauty of discipline done God's way. Sometimes we may get it wrong. So discipline is really a correction that is motivated by our love. It's not something we do to them. We're doing it for them because we want to love them toward righteousness and knowing and serving Jesus. And grow up and be disciplined people themselves for the great life god ordained their steps before they were ever born Would you stand with me as we pray father we love you so much and we honor you today and we thank you for the privilege and honor we have with little ones god i pray lord today god that you'll work on all the hearts through the power of your holy spirit god i pray god for every family here that your hand of blessing will be upon them Parents, are there any changes that God wants you to make in parenting the kids that he gave you? As we're praying, would you just slip your hand up and say, you know, there's some changes I need to make. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. As I pray with you and pray for you, uh, would you ask God to give you the strength to do it? Father, right now, God, for the hands that went into the air, God, I just pray you bless these parents, God. Bless them, God, to be that one that's going to give the proper boundaries, God. They're going to encourage them as they their kids do great. And, God, they're going to do for them what they do in discipline when needed to be. I pray, God, that you'll bless them, God, to be consistent in the calls they make in their lives, God. God, I pray they're going to start early, God. They're going to do it in private, God. They're going to call that tight game, God. It's important. I pray, God, is. Each parent here coaches their kids that they be the, the chief cheerleader, God, to encourage them to discipline them and give them instructions. because One day they're going to leave our homes and that's what we're preparing them for when they're making decisions when we're not around. As we continue praying right now, I want to pray a special prayer for the single parents here because you have a unique situation and you know, Just pray to God right now as single parents. Just say, God, I just just can't do this on my own, God, without your support and your backup. God, help me, God. Help me, God, to be able to do this. God, help me with the strength of you. Be my support. Be my backup, God. Be my one that's there, God, when maybe somebody else second to me is not. Especially for single moms. Just, Lord. Bless our single moms, especially here that, Heavenly Father, you're going to be the father of their household. You're going to be the strength that their children need, that the mom needs. I pray this in Jesus' name. Today, as we continue praying, maybe you're here today and you're just hurting and things aren't going right. And maybe the message wasn't even necessarily for you, but you know that the power of God's spirit is moving. And maybe you've never given your life to him to have the strength that you need to do life from his perspective. Maybe something's happened with your job or something's happened with your health. Something's happened in your relationships. Whatever that may be that's tugging you down right now, God wants to lift you up as your heavenly father. So as we pray right now, and if you feel that knocking on your heart, that's God's son say, I want to come in your heart. I want to be your best friend. I want to be there for you when everybody else is walking out. That's Jesus. Well, if that's you and you've never given your heart to him and you know that and you want to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life today would you just lift your hand real high right now shoot it up real high and say that's me pastor I really do need to receive Jesus as the Lord of my life today I need to ask him to come into my heart maybe that's you online you just need to ask him to come in let's pray together and let's pray for those that need to receive him as Lord right now just pray to the Lord and say Lord Jesus I want to invite you into my life today I want to make you lord of my life i'm sorry for the life that i've lived the sins i've committed please forgive me of my sins i believe you died for my sins and you'll rose again for me save me my life is yours today lord jesus Now, if you've prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your heart, angels are rejoicing in heaven as your name is made in reservations in the book in heaven. Thank him for that, and he'll give you the presence of his Holy Spirit, and you won't be alone again. He will lead you as you follow him. Father, right now, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. Thank you for this amazing day. May our lives exemplify you, God, in all that we do. May we follow your Holy Spirit in all things, and may you bless every family here. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Amen. Let's give our great God in heaven a praise today. All right, all right. Hey, we're going to go into a time of giving, and I want to say thank you to all of you. faithfully given to Freedom Church that we can help families like the Stephen and Megan that were just here we ate dinner with them last night and and um, you know just tell us the circumstances of being halfway around the world they're not here with their family their kids are over there those lives that got saved is because of your faithful giving because we help them and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart that we get to see people like Amy and the other lady Give their lives to the Lord because we're helping to keep them on the ground over there. We get to do a lot of things in our community and everywhere in between. We have a great ministry. And I I just cannot, from the bottom of my heart, thank you enough. Because everything I have belongs to Him. So that's why that when it comes to this time of service, it's not a doggy downer for me. I get to do it because God has blessed me with everything that I have. And I want to be a blessing for Him. So thank you. Thank you so much now as we get ready to give in just a moment you can do it electronically you can do it on the app you can do it on the kiosk out there you can do it on our website you can do it tangibly as you leave but thank you for your giving and I'm gonna pray over that in just a moment maybe you're here today for your first time we call you VIPs because you are a very important person because God loves you and we do too if you would do me a favor take a connection card out of the back of the seat and take it out there to the info desk and give it to them as much information as you care to put on it we're going to commemorate your time here today and we're going to give you a gift to say thank you for coming and it give us a three-peat what I mean by that is at least come three Sundays check it out to see if this is a church family for you we don't want you to just be a visitor we want you to be family also most of all if you gave your life to Christ take that connection card out of the seat fill it out drop it in the offering that you did that and come and see me over at next steps and say hey pastor I prayed that prayer and I've got something to be able to give you and commemorate that it's just the beginning so other than that I'm going to pray over the offering I have two short things to tell you it's important And then we'll let you go. Father, we love you. Thank you for this amazing day. Thank you for every person that's represented here today, online or in person. Bless their life. Bless their families. Bless our kids, our grandkids, and those that will come after us, God, to be your people and represent you well in this community and beyond. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you and uh, take it and use it for your glory and multiply it that we reach people locally, globally, and everywhere in between. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, something we're doing on the 18th of September will be our second grade Bible sponsors. And what I mean by that is we give the bibles to the kids and so what we do for you to be able to be a part of that is that you sponsor the bibles for twenty dollars you go out to the merch area and you get a child's name and you get to put, write a note to that child in that bible and what you hope and pray for their life and what you're doing and then on the 18th two weeks from today the, the second graders will be across here and they'll be presenting with their bible so it's a beautiful thing. So if you'd like to be a part of the Bible sponsorship, go to the merch after this service. Last but not least, next Sunday, immediately following this service at noon, we're going to be having our newcomer's luncheon. What that is, it's like your next step's luncheon. If you've been thinking about, hey, what's next for me at Freedom Church? I'd like to land here. I'd like to know the ins and the outs, the vision, the values, the missions, the beliefs, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to feed you lunch, but you got to get to the QR code. We're going to feed you lunch. And we're going to take good care of your children. Let us know about that. And it's just a couple-hour class, eating included, to be a part of. And we would love for you to be a part of that if you're brand new here so you can get plugged in and be a part of the Freedom Family. So if you would, do that. If you do not have QR code and don't use it, that's fine. You can fill out a card. Just let us know who's coming and if you got kids to take care of them. Other than that, I love every one of you. I hope and pray for those of you that are off tomorrow and enjoying this wonderful Labor Day weekend. It will be a great weekend for you. I hope you're coming back next Sunday. You don't want to miss the wrap-up of Don't Blink. Bring somebody with you. I love you. God bless you. See you.